Welcome. What's poppin'? We're back with another installment of Dratini on the Pod, a podcast hosted by video game music band Dratini on the Rocks. My name's Ellis. I'm joined once again by Matt and Ray. You know, there's a lot of good video game music. There's also a lot of bad video game music, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about video game music we don't like. Um, but here's the twist on it. We're, we've each brought in two different tracks that we individually don't like, and we're going to challenge each other in order to say something nice about it. So we're looking for the silver linings here, people. Uh, Ray, uh, this segment was your idea, so why don't you kick it off with your first selection? Sure. It's my first selection, and uh, I might ruffle some feathers because I'm going with anime openings, um, video game style. This is Lunar Silver Star Story for PlayStation, and it's the opening. And um, I didn't always hate this song. I actually liked it when I was like seven years old or something when it came out. Uh, until I had, until my brain had formed fully, and I had realized how cringy the lyrics and the music and everything were. Oh, I don't know. This this song just makes me uncomfortable. I can't. There's not much more I can say about it. Oof. Let's take a listen. I mean, it's cheesy, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I would say the the first part of the song, I actually, I kind of dug because it gave me a really nostalgic feel. Like, it, it definitely gave, give that older like anime video game um, vibe for it's me. Totally of that. And it, I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And then it just went full church mode at the end. Uh, but that, that's uh, the first part is, you know, I actually really enjoyed. Here's the thing uh, about this track. Um, I mean, if it were an instrumental, we probably wouldn't be talking about it, you know, this evening. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I did look up the original Japanese version of this, and um, I, I don't speak Japanese, so maybe those lyrics are in fact cringy as well. Uh, but I, I didn't get the same, you know, uncomfortable feeling from that version. So this is, to me, this is just a, a bad dub of a fine song, you know? And there's plenty I, of bad dubs. Yeah. <laughs> I also think that um, it sounds like it was a voice actor or actress that sang the song and not a professionally trained uh, singer. That could be. Um, yeah. I did come across so, the name I, of the, the singer during my during my research, so I guess we could look that up. But Jennifer Steigl? Steigl? That was fast. Uh, American actress and singer who's mostly known for voiceover in Japanese video games. But I, I digress. Uh, the song itself, yeah, the first part I really, I was like, oh, okay. Felt really nostalgic, and then... I have to say that second part just reminded me of going to church for an hour with uh, my grandma and like hating life because I hated church. Um, so yeah, my two cents. I mean, there are definitely some some problems with the lyrics. Yeah, was the one which is like on the wings of hope, like it, like yeah. they they stretched out hope into two syllables. And it's like no, it's not gonna fly. <laughs> I think a but, lot of yeah. the anime like cringiness comes from just bad translations. Yeah. Yeah, hope for being two syllables is awfully strange. <laughs> All right. So. Well, um, let's move on now to a selection of mine. This is from a game, uh, Pokemon X and Y. Uh, the track is Jubilife City, and this is music composed by Hitomi Sato. Appalling! Holy! Is that the whole track, or is that all? Yeah, it the... loops from there. Oh, okay. Um, for a little bit of background, um, this composer Hitomi Sato, a longtime composer on the series, has written a lot of music I actually really like. Um, this track in particular is an arrangement of one from Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, which was never my favorite from from that game either, but it's not a bad track. Um. But yeah, this this track uh, encompasses three criteria I've noticed for video game music that really upsets me, which is bad production value, like MIDI, um, when it's on a series or from a composer that you like, and fake jazz. That's the three criteria for bad video game music. <laughs> so, um, no, you go first. 
Alright, well, go, okay, so... I I actually really agree with uh, what you're saying, Ellis, uh, regarding the production. Like, the way the piano sounds, just... Uh, I don't know. It's just not really good for that genre. It just does not translate well. But, um... I guess my positive is, like... Uh, the idea of even hearing jazz in a, in a or fake jazz, something that resembles, you know, a jazz band in Pokemon is, is actually kind of cool. I'm just like, oh, I'm so used to, like, a very, like, big fanfare, like, or, like, a really happy, you know, fun track. And this is for someone who hasn't played, like, all of, you know, I haven't played recent um, installments of the, of the mainline games. Um, but to me, I think that's kind of cool. Um, the execution, um, I'd have to say, I, I agree with you, but it is, it's cool that they're, they're getting a little bit of jazz love. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, um, Ray, what's your excuse? I, yeah, I, I'll, I'll preface it by saying that I agree with the things you said and I have some, some other gripes as well, but I'm going to talk about why it's a good song. Right. Um, not why it's good, just something positive about it <laughs> yeah okay um i'll say a few positive things i will say that it sounds really cool ish when it all comes together the song like starts and the messiness sort of composes itself uh it stays really busy busy throughout which i think is not a great thing but it, it's kind of it, it makes it seem like kind of jammy and natural like i don't know where this plays but it, it makes it seem like it's a like a a real trio using MIDI sounds. <laughs> I think that's what it's going for, is it's supposed to be, um, you know, ad hoc, I suppose. It's diegetic music. Diegetic, there you go, that. yeah. <laughs> um, so that that's interesting conceptually, um, that that would be in Pokemon. Anyway. Cool. Uh, I guess we're uh, moving on here to the real trash. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> I have a I have a bone to pick with Nintendo, man. Um, you know, I, I know I mentioned it. I don't even I, I I mentioned it with you guys before, but the more I listen to these songs, like when I was especially when I was like doing my um, you know my research or my making my decisions of which ones I pick, I just kept coming back to this whole soundtrack. I mean, there's maybe two songs that were uh, unique to the game that I liked. And they had 24 opportunities to give to give me music that I liked, and you know the other stuffs in there too, like the wedding theme. Those that one's like actually one of my favorites, but that's not original to this game. But let's point uh, out to the listeners that we're talking about Animal Crossing, Animal Crossing, New Horizons. New Horizons. <laughs> yeah, sorry guys, um, but I, I love the Animal Crossing game. I will roast. I will <laughs> roast that game. Uh, to no end. I, I think we all had this diff, like mindset of it being a good game because we're all stuck in quarantine and you know it's an Animal Crossing game, but that, it felt incomplete to me, and the music really just uh, underwhelmed me. So this is my first choice uh, for these six tracks we have for you guys.
but LSC, you want to go first? Yeah. Okay, so here's the dealio, right? Um, <laughs> this is all about expectations, people. You know, I never played Animal Crossing. I played a little bit of the one on 3DS. It's not my kind of game. I always liked the music, so I was looking forward to checking out the New Horizons soundtrack. I listened to it. I didn't really like it. Um, I get a weird emptiness in my soul when I listen to it. Uh, but, I mean, this is not the worst music you've ever heard. Come on, guys. Um, and what I will say that I appreciate about it is the production value. Because for years and years and years, Nintendo, even their most, you know, AAA games or whatever you want to call it, were always MIDI, and they always sounded bad, even when the compositions were very good. So, I don't, I don't think Animal Crossing needs that kind of production. I don't think it necessarily even fits with Animal Crossing, but I do appreciate that they're going the extra, the extra mile to invest in their music in this way. Amen to that. This is like a some of the best audio quality Nintendo has ever done, I think. Um, all right, I found a, I found a way to to do this. So the reason the soundtrack is bad, and I I don't really <laughs> like the soundtrack. Um, and this is just a preface. This, is because the other soundtracks are so good in Animal Crossing, and and so of course it, it to me it's like one of those things where you have to think about you know context. And when we talk about video game music, we it, it's very hard to like um, to not pair it with the experience of playing the game or the experience of playing a series. Like when uh, Ellis mentioned the Pokemon and, and like thinking about, you know, tracks in a game or, you know, within a composer's catalog or whatever. So we're, we're doing something, I think a little unnatural when we just talk about video game music. Um, but I think in this case, we have to do it the other way. We, because if we add context to the song, it gets worse in my opinion. Um, so just listening to the song itself and just kind of like taking it, like it's, it's a serviceable song. This is, uh, you know, this is like if I had uh, two children and um, I had to give a song to one and I had to give a song to the other one, this is the song I'd probably give to the one I don't like as much. <laughs> uh, and, you know, just kind of let them play with that while I give the other kid, you know, Mario Galaxy or something like that. But I wouldn't feel that bad about it. You know, I would, I would chuckle about it, um, but I wouldn't feel like I was abusing the child or anything Ooh. like that. This is the weirdest analogy. <laughs> It's got uh, the Fender Road sound or like the electric piano, which is always a cool thing. Although it, it'll, it's only on a couple parts, uh, the guitar sounds like a real guitar mostly. Um, and it's like a, it's like you know, a, I guess to add some context to it, it's like a two p.m., you know, kind of a lazy, a little bit of a slimy jam, just kind of hanging around town, picking some weeds. Hidden I get it, man. Yeah. I, I, yeah. As far as the tasks at hand, uh, which are repetitive, I guess it, it does. It does a, a good job matching that pace. All right, time to get off my soapbox. I'm going to get back on in approximately three songs, though. <laughs> Looking forward to it. <laughs> I I think this song is a bit infamous. It's and I think the soundtrack is a bit infamous. Um, I just remember uh, when this game was announced, it was like a Sonic RPG, 
And, you know, this is back in the day when we all had a little hope for Sonic, where every time a Sonic game was released, we would be happy about it for a little while. Um, and Bioware was, I think it's Bioware that made this game. They were a happening company at the time. And so it's like Bioware is making an RPG. The art looked really cool. Um, Sonic had only let us down a couple times so far. I'm looking forward to this. And I, I bought it when it came out. And this is one of the few games I like returned right away, like the day I bought it, because um and I don't I don't like do that a lot. I, I have a I have a, a high tolerance for bad games, I think. Um I, I played a bunch of Smurfs, which I can talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah, we can talk about that at the end, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a little bonus tidbit. Um anyway. The reason I disliked it so much was I just could not get past the music. And I, I I think it's that bad. Like this song is just like nails on a chalkboard to me. And all the all the music was like this. I couldn't even play the game. It's, I couldn't listen to it. Well, let's listen to it now. Yes. <laughs> Stop, dude. That's so funny. Uh, okay. So, I, let the record be, show that this is not an original song. Well, it's not original to this game, right? Right. Oh, let me get into it real okay. quick. Okay, right. so this is a uniquely bad track. Um, <laughs> this is Bioware hot off of Mass Effect. Uh, you know, a very popular game. And for this episode, I actually dug up the Nintendo Power issue featuring Sonic Chronicles The Dark Brotherhood. Fun fact, there's another DS RPG that was announced in this issue of Nintendo Power, which is The World's End with The World Ends With You. Ooh. Which has a sequel announced today. Oh yeah. So isn't that something? Um <laughs> Right. And this track is originally from Sonic 3D Blast. It's a track called Diamond Dust Zone Act One, and it's written by Tatsuyuki Maeda. Would you guys like to hear a little bit of it? Sure. I would love to, yeah.
didn't include the whole the whole track, the whole loop. Uh, just I can't tell the difference. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, this Sonic makes 3... me even matter. I'm getting more angry about this track. <laughs> Sonic Three D Blast is a is a great uh, great Genesis soundtrack, classic mm-hmm. FM synth, and. Uh, yeah. Matt, uh, why don't you uh, take a crack at defending uh, this version? Uh, well, I, I will say that uh, Steven Sims' arrangement, uh, <clears throat> he's, got a, he's got a good taste in uh, Sonic music, right? Um, so, sure. yeah. <clears throat> so he was trying to pay homage. Shout out to him for, I don't even want to say A for effort, but for, you know, trying to do something. I, <laughs> like, I, I can't even say anything good right now because... I'm thinking about what other games have been on the DS and what they were able to do with like sound. Wasn't Super Mario 64 on DS? That was a launch title. Uh, Why? Yeah, I mean, they were able to translate that whole soundtrack. I mean, there's plenty of good DS music out there. Yeah, yeah. But that in particular, it's just like they transferred one song to another for like this other console, like. I feel like they could have. He could have taken a lot more. I don't know. Uh, inspiration from that version, rather than leaving it very, very quiet for one particular section of that song. I've thought a lot about how something like this could end up in a game that's, <laughs> you know, released to an international audience. Um, I have to think that this is like a temporary track that. Um, maybe Steven Sim downloaded a MIDI or something and imported it into the game. I don't even know if you can do that on the DS, but w- like with the intention of replacing it later, or or this is a track from an earlier revision of the game, and Bioware had to revert to it, you know, before release, and he just didn't have time to replace the music with the updated versions. Um, it's hard to believe that this could be intentional. That it could have been released in this in this way, uh, intentionally. But uh, is that positive? That's pretty negative, actually. <laughs> it's it's both. That actually makes me feel a lot better, to be honest. I, I never thought of that. It was probably a temp track, and that they ran out of time, or there was some sort of development crunch or something. Right, and this is something that happens in software development: is that there are multiple iterations of a product. You know, mm-hmm. there you know, different milestones of a complete version of it. And like Bioware discovered a game breaking bug in the most recent version and had to revert to a previous one before release. Like that could have easily happened, I think. Yeah. It could have been a situation where uh somehow the like uh the completed soundtrack got wiped or something that they had to use. Yeah, like you were saying, revert to a temporary version. Um, I don't remember if the rest of the game sounds this bad. I've never actually gone and listened to the soundtrack. So I think that's the key, right? It's like, if the rest of it sounds better than this, then that is a very plausible, um, I guess, scenario that would have happened. But I've, I've only been exposed to this song and just haven't been interested in wanting to roll the dice on continuing to waste time listening to a soundtrack that includes this one. Right. Um, so. This track is sort of viral. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought it was a kind of a low-hanging fruit, and then I saw it on the list, but it's not because it was a really... It's basically impossible for us to compliment this song. Right. Irredeemably bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, my second selection is from a 
a game called Mario Kart 7. Uh, this is the DK Jungle track. This one was arranged by Satomi Terui. Let's take a listen, if we have to. is an arrangement of you know DK Island Swing uh, David Wise's composition from the original Donkey Kong Country and that was never my favorite song from Donkey Kong Country I feel like doing the jungle swing type of thing is a sort of obvious choice for that kind of game whereas the most whereas most of that soundtrack is not at all obvious you know it's uh, new age synth music uh, which is you know, not what you would think of to score a monkey game. Um, but this checks all the boxes. This is Bad MIDI. This is from uh, a series that has music I like. And it's fake jazz. This is the perhaps the fakest of jazz. <laughs> I'm seeing a theme here. Yeah. When I hear that, when I'm... Okay, so... There's a difference between, uh, I guess we were talking about context earlier, uh, and playing, listening to that like on its own, and listening to that in game. That is a very exciting. That's a very fast paced song. Um, that when I'm driving on that third lap and I have you know the blue shell or something like that, I'm gonna get hyped. I, I think that'll, if anything, that would magnify the the energy. I think it's a high, high energy uh, song. Um, it sounds very busy. Uh, there's a lot going on there, and uh, yeah, I have some other things that I feel about that. But that that would be my positive takeaway from that. That it uh, appropriately scores the the actions in the game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, I think that um, this one's kind of hard. <laughs> uh, I actually really hate this track. Um, so uh, let me let me think uh and it's such a uh just a terrible version of such a you know iconic song um i think the evidence of it not being that bad is that it it, it's gone like unnoticed by most people probably it's gone unnoticed by me at least Mm-hmm. Which means, it, it, like Matt was saying, it sort of just sat comfortably behind the the noises of the tires screeching and the blue shells crashing into people. Which means it was a serviceable racing game song. It's hiding in uh, plain sight. 
Exactly. It, it was there, and you probably heard the bass line for a second, but but it was never, you know, so out there that it, it broke the immersion, I guess, of, you know, you flying through the air with a, a cart. Hmm. Yeah, you can you can let this, you can ignore this in the background in a yeah. way that you can't ignore, let's say, Central City from Sonic Chronicles The Dark Brotherhood. <laughs> I would yeah, agree with that. Because that's an overworld theme, it's ridiculous. But this, yeah, I, I honestly, in um, to think about Mario Kart in general, uh, I think Mario Kart 64, uh, Mario Kart for Wii, Double Dash, all these games, I, I never was big on the soundtracks, not because I didn't like them, but because they just, they were like these tracks to me. Um, I don't know, they, they just sat in the background. Uh, I know the new Mario Kart, which is Mario Kart 8, has a fantastic soundtrack that really stands out, but... Mm-hmm. Super Mario this, Kart is also very good. The yeah. Oka. There's, and there's yes. random tracks, right? I mean, there's still like, even Mario 64 had a few that I really like, the Koopa Troopa or Koopa Beach or whatever. Um, even yeah. Luigi's Raceway, they're, they're very, very memorable. And um, it's, it's, very, one... it's very classic. Well, yeah, classic is the wrong word. It's very characteristic Nintendo music where often it's annoying on purpose. It you know mm-hmm. they intentionally use irritating sounding instruments, you know I I thought about uh, Baby Park I think that's from Double Dash yeah which is an incredibly irritating song but that's that's the point it was written to be irritating and I don't I don't like that but it's I understand it whereas this is this is something different I think uh, that. Yeah, the the parts that need to stand out, like Matt had mentioned, um, the the like the driving rhythm with like the the walking bass, and I was thinking about that a little bit, and you know having the guitar double it was just a, a nice technique, I guess, for it to you know stand out the way it needed to. Um, the fact that the melody comes in here or there, it's you know the did it it did it and then doesn't show up for another thirty seconds. Can on the other hand, uh, rather than being an annoying thing, be uh, a nice little reference to the melody where you're playing in this level, and it's not a song about that song, but it just includes it here and there, and you're and you're like, oh, I think I heard the Donkey Kong theme. I'm gonna go back to, you know, holding the R button to block this red shell. Yeah, that was a pretty annoying track, though. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. it just—it's just so busy, dude. And I—I I do like uh, Island Swing. You know that song a lot. Um, I do agree that it's not um, it's not really consistent with some of the other songs. I actually I enjoy all the water themes a lot more. All right, guys. Uh, so our last track of the night is I'm sorry I'm gonna have to put you through another garbage Animal Crossing New Horizons track. And the only this person one... who feels this way. <laughs> uh, this one in particular, man. Um, Again, you know, not by really by choice, but you know, I've heard like this soundtrack over and over and over, and this one is uh, probably worse than two two p.m., which I hate. Uh, but three a.m. is is just god awful, man. It's uh, there when I think of like Animal Crossing in the middle of the night, I want to hear a very peaceful, like relaxing song. This sounds like you know the Hamburglar is going to come rob me. Um, in the middle of the night, which I, I don't want, you know, and I don't want to listen to that song. I will literally turn the sound off if I'm playing during that time, which I'm not. So I'm not playing this game anymore. But 
Okay, that, that's my rant. All right. I mean, that, that's really how I feel about the song. That's how I feel about the soundtrack. It's just like emptiness. Yeah. I will say that there is a nice musical moment in this. Um, and I think you guys know what I'm talking about. It's where it uh, goes to the the six chord. You know. Hmm. Yeah. I actually, yeah, I, I agree. That was nice. I think there's some juicy licks in there with the guitar, at least. Uh, and by juicy licks, I mean some two five ones. But I will say that my my favorite part, not the juiciest or lickiest part, was the uh, the fact that the bass had the melody. Uh, mostly, I like that, and the bass sounds really really nice on the soundtrack. Um, but you know, it's fun to hear a real bass. I don't even, I don't. I, I keep wanting to call these songs arrangements because they're all just different versions of the, the main right. theme. Yeah. So I'm going to call them arrangements for now on. The arrangement of the theme in, in this one, I think, is, is supposed to be like kind of like, you know, poking fun, a little bit weird. It's 3 a.m. And uh, it's, yeah, it's pretty annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's meant to be a, a little bit. That kind of turned into a negative. Yeah, I, I realized halfway through that. I, <laughs> I had lost my positive mindset and I was going straight to the dark again because this, this uh, soundtrack um, disappoints me a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did we do anything to help uh, put at peace your, your ill will towards <laughs> new horizons? Mm-hmm. I think uh, honestly, maybe because talking about the production and just like the actual playing of the, instruments you know that does sound really clean but after your comment about the production i spent more time listening to the bass and just the way things sound i'm like man that does sound really crisp um and it it really shows right because like you know in some of this some of the familiar tunes particularly the wedding one i don't know what it's called but it's like wedding theme or something like that but it's definitely my favorite rendition by far um, from any of the Animal Crossings that have used it, which I'm pretty sure a lot of them have. Um, so I, I would say that it helped me like one of my favorite songs from Animal Crossings even more now. Um, and I think I've already made that decision prior to this conversation, but I, but also being able to articulate it and, and actually understand why it, you know, yeah. 
with that said, I still hate the soundtrack. Um, but yeah. I mean, even with the production, it, it feels like they put more effort into the production than into the composition. Mm-hmm. Which um, that's too bad. Damn it, <laughs> Ray! Do you want to tell us a little bit about Smurfs? Yes. Oh, yeah. uh, shall I? I'm gonna get the cartridge real quick. Give me a second. Here it is. This is a. Uh, oh, it's probably gonna be hard to see. This is a Smurfs game that I th- I'm pretty sure never came out in America. I did some some really cursory research, uh, but then I just dived right in. Right. Uh, La Mission de Strums, or something like that. It seems like a German word, and I don't know how to pronounce it in French. Um, but if you notice, the word for Smurfs in French is about three times as long in French. It's S-C-H-T-R-O-U-M-P-F-S. Strumpfs. Strumpfs. Yeah, it, it sounds like a German word, um, but I think that's only because I can't pronounce a lot of French. Sure. So this is going to be my quick review. This is a Dratini first. I won this in our last episode. You regular listeners will know what I'm talking about. If not, go check out the previous episode and then come back to this one to uh, get the context for Smurfs. Um, this translates, I, I, I assume, to the mission of smurfs or i think mission is actually adventure yeah um and the story is you you're coming to smurf town and some smurfs are orange and uh you have to make them not orange anymore and that's about the gist of the story um it's a little weird i was i was you know wondering if there's some some weird racial undertones there because you're you're like blue people uh but then like orange is seen as not desirable for some reason but then i just you know i was like ah oh, it's it's a smurfs game i'm gonna move on um so i stopped thinking about that and it's a fine game it's an okay game it reminds me of when i would you know pick up like the ren and stimpy games or something like that on, on game boy or game boy color where it's like yeah they function uh and um the good thing about this game is it's not that hard to where, if, especially if you're a kid, you're not going to just play the first level and be done. You're going to play all the levels. The bad thing is all the levels are the same. When you start the game, <laughs> you start out bad. like... <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not great. The first level is like a raft level, and then um, and then you go into like an overhead platforming level, and then uh, I got all excited because I'm like, oh, it's going to have all these different you know gameplay things. It shows them on an airplane. Um, and uh and on boat but then it just recycles that over and over again and there's there's so little variation the platforming is fine you get a bunch of one up so if you die you can start right there um but i i couldn't this is where my my french failed me i didn't know why i was jumping on things uh i think i was looking for tools to unpaint the painted or something <laughs> i don't know um i was very irritated that uh and let, let me let me first say that I don't like Smurfs. I watched a ton of Smurfs as a kid, but that's because I was a good boy and I sat in front of the TV when I had yeah. to. Uh, but other than that, I've never really liked Smurfs. Um, but <laughs> you watched the Smurfs only characters you were I well know. Behaved. <laughs> yes, because because ma- Mama and Papa sat me right in front of the TV and I said, "Okay, I'll watch the Smurfs." <laughs> yeah, um, we don't. We didn't have the luxury of of you back in our day. We didn't have YouTube and all this thing. We just had Cartoon Network. Whatever was on, we'd watch it. 
Hanna Barbera or whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, the things I know about the Smurfs are that um, a couple of them have names. I think one was Papa Smurf, and then there was Girl Smurf. And and Girl Smurf is probably the most unique looking one because she's I think the only female in the village of at least a couple dozen Smurfs. I don't I'm, I don't know the lore. But anyway, uh, she was like the one character that you could not talk to. Every every lame random Smurf said something that I couldn't understand. But when I pushed A and B on her, she didn't say anything. And I, I that was just so confusing to me that the the only notable character in the series didn't have any lines of dialogue. And I say A button because there you don't use the B button in the game. It's a one button game, and that's that does everything. Except when you're you're talking to people, you use the B to scroll through dialogue, and I literally mean scroll in that you the longer you hold down B, the more it goes up like like an actual scrolling wheel. Oh. Which is another very strange feature of the game. So many things about it just confuse me. How do I teleport from the house to the middle of the ocean? Where did they get the boat? Why do I have to pick up tools to make people not orange when I'm I somehow have tools to fly planes and boats and yeah, it just a lot of things didn't make sense to me. I got halfway through the game and then I stopped. I sat, you know, I, I did two sitting, sittings about forty minutes each. What? I will give Smurfs <laughs> if uh, I'm going to give it a. Um, if you're a baby, it's uh, eight little blue men out of ten little blue men or women. And if you're uh, if your brain has been fully formed. And uh, you hated some of the songs on today's podcast. Uh, I'll give it um, four and a half little blue persons out of ten little blue persons. Four and a half little blue men out of nine little blue men and one little blue girl. There you go. There you go. Yeah. There's not a lot of talk. There's not, not a the lot game of talk. anyway. <laughs> yeah. It, it could have just been my button. I, I. No, I don't know. It's probably the game. Yeah, if it's working on everybody else, but not her, the the button's working. Yeah. Okay. I have I have had that game floating around for years. I've had it for long <laughs> enough that I genuinely don't know how I got it. I I didn't expect that you would play it for over an hour. I've never <laughs> played that game before. I really uh, wanted to finish it, but it, it just it, it doesn't get any harder and nothing else changes, so I, I felt I played the whole game. Uh well that'll just about do it for uh, this episode of Tratini on the Pod. Um if you like the show, drop us a line, dratiniontherocks at gmail.com, or leave a comment on the YouTube upload or any of our social media accounts. Um, our theme music is Starlight Zone by Masato Nakamura, as performed by Dratini on the Rocks, these guys. Uh, other than that, catch you next time. Bye. Peace.